Well, good morning. Welcome to week number five of online church. Not exactly the way we wanted it, but thank God that we have something that's good to have you here with us this morning for live stream at Faith Baptist Church. And I pray that God will give you a special blessing this morning. Chapter 1, and I want to read from verse number 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I want to bring a message this morning. I want to look at the subject of overcoming obstacles. God, thank you so much for this precious book. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for your strength. Thank you, God, for your love. Lord, I pray right now you'd take this book. I pray, God, that you'd teach it to me. I pray, God, that you'd teach it through me, Father. I pray that it would go out and be a, an encouragement to all those out on live stream, God, even on recordings in days to come. God, I ask you to take it and to use it, Father. You said that your word would not return void. And God, I pray right now for a special blessing. Lord, you know my heart for Faith Baptist Church. God, I love this group of people. And God, I pray you'd reach out through right now. You'd touch them right where they are, God. I pray you'd bless their homes, their families, their lives, their finances. I pray you'd bless them in every way, God. Lord, we thank you for this time together, Lord. I know it's a little different than the way we envisioned it. But I thank you for it, God. I thank you for the things that you've given us, Lord. And I ask you to help us to be pleasing to you in all that we do. We love you, God. We thank you and we praise you in the precious holy name of Jesus. Amen. You know, an obstacle is simply something that opposes. An obstacle is <clears throat> something that, that stands in the way. It's anything that hinders forward progress. There are some obstacles this morning. Many of you are facing obstacles. Some of them are obstacles that are the, the COVID-19, the coronavirus. Some are not the, the COVID-19, but they are a direct result of the, the things that it's caused. They put some obstacles in the way. Many of you are facing obstacles that have nothing to do with, with COVID-19. They were there before you ever got to COVID-19, or maybe they just recently come about. But the bottom line is everyone faces obstacles. No matter what your obstacle is, at some point in everybody's life, we all face obstacles. Obstacles aren't fun. Uh, they slow down our plans. They change what we wanted to do. They keep us from moving forward with our dreams. They keep us from, from doing the things that we wanted to do, from accomplishing the things that we wanted to accomplish in the amount of time that we wanted to accomplish them. But what about what God wants? You know, sometimes an obstacle is something that just causes us to, to take our mind off of what we wanted, slow down, and, and take a look at what does God want. Review some things in our life. Review what we've been doing. Review where we are and seek God's will. God, what do you want in my life? For the most part, there's probably very little spiritual growth. You might could even say in some cases, there's almost no spiritual growth if it were not for obstacles. Right now, with all of this social distancing and all of this um, shelter in place that we have going on, it's an obstacle. It's in the way. It's, it's in the way of everything. It's in the way of coming to church. It's in the way of going to the grocery store. It's, it's in the way uh, of going out to dinner. It's in the way of, of school graduations. I mean, it's in the way of vacations. It got in the way of spring break. I mean, it's just in the way. It's an obstacle that seems to be in the way of everything. But let me ask you, during the obstacle, during all this that's in the way, 
How many of you have grown closer to the Lord? I know I have. It, it has brought a lot more time into study. It has caused us to come in and do, um, do some things differently. Uh, see, time, time doesn't do anything. Time is just time. It's what we do at the time that matters. So we find ourselves with some different situations and some different times. But if we use our time wisely, then we grow closer to the Lord. And I do believe that for a lot of God's children during this time, we've been looking for answers. People have been asking us questions that we want to know the answers to. So we study and send them back answers. But a lot of them are just questions we have ourselves. What does the Word of God have to say about all this? What does it want? And so in that, we study and we put out. So I feel like even through this obstacle of this thing that is in the way of forward progress is what we would see forward progress. I see the church rising up. I see live stream like never before. I see Sunday school classes online. I see churches doing things that they've never done. So I do see us growing in God through the midst of an obstacle. You know, every believer is going to face obstacles in their life, especially a mature believer, somebody that's been saved for a long time. You've already faced obstacles. You've been through some things before. Many times an obstacle is nothing more than just a form of testing. But you've heard it before, but it's a true statement. A faith that has not been tested is a faith that can't be trusted. In our text here, Peter says, chapter 1, verse 7, he says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold. Another word for trial is testing. So Peter says that the testing, that, that it is your faith that's tested, and when your faith is tested, being much more precious than that of gold. Now, it's not the gold that's precious here in this statement. It's the test that is precious. It is the trial. See, the test itself is what will show what manner of faith we have. It is the test itself that brings it forth. You know, there's a judgment day coming. Even for the children of God, everybody's works will be tried as by fire to see what manner it is. So everybody's works will be stand. It is the test that will stand as the testimony on Judgment Day. It is, it is the test that shows that our faith might be found genuine before a holy and a righteous God. When Peter wrote this letter and that we're reading here this morning, chapter 1, Peter's the one that wrote it. But before there was a letter, there was an obstacle. Before Peter sat down and penned this letter, Peter had been through some obstacles. When Peter writes here about the trial of your faith, Peter knew what he was talking about. Peter's faith was on trial one time. Even after Jesus told him in the garden to pray that you, your faith, your, your flesh is weak, and, and he talked about his faith, and he told him to pray that your faith fell not, Peter failed the test. Peter's faith was on trial, and Peter denied that he even knew Jesus Christ. Now, this isn't Peter as a new Christian. He wouldn't be subjected to such a trial as a first-day convert or somebody that got saved yesterday. This is the apostle Peter that walked on the water. This is the same Peter that cast a net on the right side and saw the great catch of fish. This is the same Peter that was there when Lazarus was called out of the tomb. This is the Peter that was there when Jesus walked in and raised Jairus's daughter from the dead. This is the same Peter that was on the Mount of Transfiguration and saw Jesus transformed before his eyes. This is the same Peter that saw the deaf made to hear and the blind made to see, the mute made to speak, the lame made to walk. He saw the lepers cleansed. This is the same Jesus that witnessed all of it. We're talking about a Peter, not one that just got saved yesterday, but we're talking about a seasoned apostle denying that he even knew Jesus Christ because of an obstacle. And you say, well, what does that have to do with us? I've never denied Christ. Well, number one, you've never been in the same situation that Peter's been in. 
But in the situations you have been in, I would venture to say that every one of us has denied Jesus Christ. Has God ever told you to witness to somebody and you didn't? Has God ever told you to hand somebody a track? Has he ever told you to go over and, hey, just tell somebody I love you and I want to pray for you? Has God ever told you to go tell somebody about Jesus? Have you been talking with somebody? Maybe you know them, maybe you don't. You're in a conversation. Jesus says, tell them about me. Tell them about salvation. Tell them about how to be saved. And you walked away and didn't. That's called denying Christ. That is, Christ gave us something to do and we denied it. So all of us at some point has denied Christ in our heart. Now, obstacles can be allowed by God for a lot of reasons. Sometimes obstacles are there because of something that we're not doing right, and God puts something in our path to cause us to stop and evaluate where we are. Um, obstacles can obviously be personal. They can obviously be international, and they can even, as we see, they can be global. God has a way of getting everybody's attention. Hebrews chapter 12, though, verse number 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That word patience there can also be translated as cheerful or endurance. So Paul, so in, in, well, I can't say Paul. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. But in the Bible here in Hebrews chapter 12, it's saying that, that let us cheerfully with endurance, don't worry about the obstacles, just keep on running the race, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The word that he uses there for author can also be translated as captain. So, so what it's telling us is that sometimes that an obstacle is there, it is designed to get us to slow down, to take a look at all the unnecessary weights that we're dragging around, all of the stuff that's just hindering our walk with the Lord, all of the stuff that's just holding back our relationship. Slow down. Look at all the unnecessary weights. Look unto Jesus, the captain, the author, the finisher, the completer of our faith, the one who endured the cross that we might even have a faith in the first place. And let's see what it is that the captain wants us to do. Everybody faces obstacles. I think about obstacles. I think about men like David. David was promised that he was going to be the king. He was going to be ruler over Israel. But yet David finds himself on the run. He's running for his life. Saul's trying to kill him. The current king is trying to take him out before he gets to become king. So he has this promise from the father. He has this promise from God Almighty he's going to be king. But all he's doing is running and hiding. Yet from inside of a cave, he writes in chapter 142 of Psalms, verse number 1, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. David suffered through a lot of heartaches and through a lot of trials. There were many obstacles that David faced in his life. Yet David wrote many of the Psalms. And nearly every one of the Psalms, he wrote them during a season of testing. He wrote them in a time of trouble. And in spite of his pain and in spite of his grief, in the midst of the trials and in the middle of his troubles, he concludes nearly all of those songs with praising God and giving God glory. In order for David to get from where he was to be the man after God's own heart, David had to overcome some obstacles. Some obstacles are there because of mistakes that we've made, and some of them are simply allowed by God to help us grow into what God has purposed for us to be. You know, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's not really a more righteous man written about in all the Bible than Job. But there's also not a man written about in the Bible that goes through a greater test 
who faces a greater obstacle than Job. The Bible says in Job 1.1, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. That word perfect means that he was gentle. He was upright in all of his actions. He did nothing that was ungodly. He eschewed evil. That means he walked away from evil. He shunned. He would have nothing, nothing to do with evil things. Yet he went through one of the greatest trials of anybody mentioned in all the Bible. Job's trial was so severe that he even wondered if God viewed him as an enemy. He asked him the question in Job chapter 13 and verse 23. He said, how many are mine iniquities and sins? Question mark. He says, God, how bad can my sins be? How, how bad are they? How many iniquities are you holding against me? He, he says, make me to know my transgression and my sin. He says, God, tell me what it is. What is it that I have? He says in verse number 24, wherefore hidest thou thy face and holdest me for thine enemy? Job says, what are my sins? Why are you holding your face from me? Why are you hiding from me? Do you consider me to be your enemy? Job got to the point that he hated life because the obstacles were so bad. The test became so severe. He wished that he would never been born. Yet at the end of the, of the book there in chapter 42, you find him rejoicing. You find him worshiping. You find him praising God for his goodness. You find him thanking God for his blessings. You know, it's not unusual to become discouraged sometimes because of obstacles. Many times it's just because we don't understand it. And if we don't understand it, then we become frustrated by it. But God hasn't forgotten us any more than he had forgotten Job. God loves us. He said that he will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. David in Psalms chapter 103, he writes, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who, giveth all, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth my life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Then down in verse number 13, he says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. That word pitieth can also be translated to a compassionate love. What it says is God has a compassionate passionate love for you and I like that of a father. Verse number 14 says, for he knoweth our frame. That word can also be translated our mind. It's saying that God knows our minds. He knows our thoughts, the things that we think, and he remembereth that we were dust. God hasn't forgotten that he formed us from clay. God knows exactly where we are. He says, as for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it and is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. He says, we're here one day, gone the next. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto his children's children. To such as keep his commandment and to those that remember his commandments to do them. I think about obstacles. I think about men like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was arrested multiple times. He was put in multiple prisons for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. All he did was taught about God. All he did was taught about the Lord. All he did was taught about salvation. All he did was taught the truth. And he found himself in prison for preaching the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I would see that as an obstacle. I'll go ahead and tell you right now, if I wind up in prison for preaching the gospel, I'm going to see that as an obstacle. But had it not been for that obstacle, 
we quite possibly don't even have half of what we call the New Testament and the Word of God. I, I think about John the Revelator. Had he not been um, under arrest in the Isle of Patmos, had he not been in that situation, then we possibly don't even have the book of the Revelation. I think about the, the obstacles. When I think about the, the, all of the, the patriarchs of the Old Testament and what the Bible says about them. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 33 says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. These all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. What we see there in the hall of faith is faith on trial. They made the hall of faith because their faith endured beyond the obstacles that stood before them. I think about prophets like Jeremiah. God told Jeremiah to go stand in the house of the stand in the door of the Lord's house. God said, "Tell them this," and he told them what to tell me. He said, "But when you tell them, they're not going to hear you. you. But you go tell them anyway." He said, "When you tell them, they're going to arrest you and throw you into prison. But go tell them anyway." He said, they're not going to want to hear anything you've got to say, but go tell them anyway. Chapter 32, verse 26, Jeremiah says, Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Boy, that's, that's easy for somebody like us to say. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? It's easy when you're standing on the mountaintop and everything's good. It's easy when it's all peaches and cream, when your peach cobbler's warm and your vanilla ice cream is cold and you put them together. It's easy when everything's going our way. But we have to be able to believe that when the obstacle looks too big to overcome. Chapter 38 because he gave them the word of God, Jeremiah gave them what God said to give them. They put him in a dungeon, what the Bible calls it. If you study, it's actually a well. The Bible says that there's no water still in it. They put him down in this well that says that, that it is muck, it is mire. There's nothing there but mud in the bottom of this old nearly dried up well. Because of what he did, because he delivered the word of God, they took and they led him down, and Jeremiah sank into the muck. He sank, he sank into the mire, and they left him there to be honest, to die. But God made a way. That, that's those two words. You know, I love that, but God, when nothing makes sense, when, when you can't make any sense out of any of it, when it seems like there's no hope, but God made a way. He sent somebody to the king who went and they let down a rope and they got Jeremiah up out of the mud. But here's the deal. While he was in the well, while he was down there in the mud, 
figuring he would probably die there, not expecting anybody to come get him, Jeremiah was in the midst of an obstacle, but he wasn't worried. He had already written in chapter 29 and verse 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Verse number 12, then shall you call upon me, and you shall go unto pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. When the obstacles presented themselves, Jeremiah's faith was on trial, but he came forth shining because his faith didn't waver. I think about prophets like Isaiah. Isaiah had a lot of obstacles in his life, yet in verse number 12, he says in, verse, in chapter 12, verse number 1, he says, In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord. For he hath done excellent things. This is known unto all the earth. Cry and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion. For great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Right now we're faced with some obstacles. There's so many intelligent people trying to figure all this out. God said that he would use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Right now there's a microscopic bug that has the most brilliant minds on the planet confounded. You know, many people try to go around the obstacle. They try to, to find a solution without having to deal with the obstacle. They try to find a way around it to do something different when all we really need to do is praise God through the obstacle. We need to seek God in the midst of the obstacle. God is our strength. God is our source. God is our ability. God is our refuge. God is our hope. God is our salvation. God is our security. All we really need to do in the midst of an obstacle is look for the one that allowed the obstacle is the one that can take the obstacle away. He put it there for a reason. What is it supposed to accomplish? The book of Genesis. I think about the story of Joseph. Joseph had a dream. He's his father's favorite son, and he has the coat of many colors, and he has this dream that he's going to be a ruler, and his older brothers are going to bow down to him and, and worship before him. And he told his brothers about the dream. That probably wasn't a good move, but it was all part of the plan. So because of the dream, his brothers hated him. So here Joseph has the promise. The promise from the dream says you're going to be a ruler, and even your older brothers are going to bow down in front of you, but yet he finds himself in a hole in the ground. From that, he finds himself sold to a band of Midianites. From that, he finds himself a slave in Potiphar's house. From that, he finds himself almost abducted. Potiphar's wife lies about him. He finds himself in prison. I don't know. Sounds like some obstacles to me. But there, when the obstacles come along, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 50 that his brothers came before him. You know, the, the ones that that didn't like him, the ones that kidnapped him, the ones that put him in the hole, the ones that sold him for a slave, the ones that hated him and just wanted to get rid of him. He told them in chapter 20 of Genesis, or chapter 50 of Genesis in verse number 20, he said, As for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day 
to save much people alive. We have no idea what God is doing. There's no telling how many people may be saved through this who might be given eternal life to save much people alive. We don't have to understand what God is doing. We just have to trust what he's doing. It doesn't have to make sense to us. We just have to know that he's God and that he holds all things in his hand. Joseph being his father's favorite son, it is highly unlikely, almost impossible, number one, that he would ever even have gone to Egypt. But it is pretty much completely impossible that he would ever become a ruler, that he would become second highest in command only to the king, but yet God has a plan. There was something that God saw in Joseph, and God made it happen in a way so that his brothers saw in him what God saw in him. See, those around us, they might have never seen Christ in us in the way that they might see him in us now. They might have never seen the things that, that God has done in us or that God is doing in us, had God not allowed some things that caused them to stop and look, it caused them to search, it caused them to see some things differently. There may be someone right now watching right here on live stream. You would have never watched us had this not happened. You may have never watched this church before. You may have not given any thought or consideration. The reason you're here is because God allowed a different situation and now you're searching for something. And for the first time, you find yourself here. No, we don't like obstacles. They get in the way. They're a problem that we don't like anything about us. They keep us from doing the things that we want to do. They, they keep us from doing the things that we want to do when we want to do them. It's not just that we want to do something. It's that we want to do it right now. We want to do it on our time frame and in our time schedule. These obstacles come along and they, they stop us from doing what we want to do. They, they remind us of our weakness. They remind us that we're not in charge, but they also remind us that God is. God is in control of everything and God has a plan. God wasn't caught off guard by the obstacles. They're all part of the journey. They're all part of the overall plan. God has everything under control. The obstacles, they, they teach us. They, they encourage us. They cause us to seek God in ways that, that we probably should have been seeking him already. That it is the working through obstacles that we grow in our faith. It's working through obstacles that we grow in our trust. It's working through obstacles that we grow in our relationship with the Father. You know, the world sees this as a standstill. Christians, we ought to see it as a great opportunity you know, when we get to heaven, there won't be any more obstacles. But there also won't be any more opportunities. There won't be any more opportunities to let the world see the true faith that you have in your Lord. There won't be any more opportunities for you to share Christ with somebody else. There won't be any more opportunities to let God himself see how much the time that we have. Now is the time that we have to praise Him. Now is the time that we can rejoice in the Lord. Now is the time that we can show Him how much we trust Him. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 1, We then as workers together with Him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. He says, For He saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Where it says, for he saith, that means it's been said somewhere else. Is referring to Isaiah chapter 49, verse number 8. Thus saith the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard thee. And in a day of salvation 
have I helped thee. Now is the time, Christians. Now is the time to let the world see Christ in us. Now is the time to read. Now is the time to study. Now is the time to pray. Now is the time to let people see our hope, our security, our strength, our confidence in our God who holds all things in his hand. Now is the time. It says today. Today is the time to be building our relationship with the Father, building our relationships with our families and our own homes. Now is the time, dads, to be dad in the home. Now is the time. God has given us a time now. He says today is the day. Not put things on hold because we're in shelter in place. Not put things on hold because of what's going on. Now is the time. Now is the time to read the book. Christians, this is the time. This is the time that the world can see Christ in us like they never have before. Now is the time to seek God with all of our heart. Now is the time that maybe you've never been saved. I have no idea who's watching this or when you're watching it. But I do know this, at some point, God will put somebody watching this. That you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You've never been washed in the blood. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. The Word of God never promised you tomorrow. The Bible says, what is your life? It is even a vapor that is here for a day, and, and it vanishes tomorrow. The, the Bible makes it very clear. Nobody promised us tomorrow. Today is the day to do what is right in the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can have all of your sins forgiven. Today is the day that you can have all of your past forgotten. What you did yesterday doesn't matter. It's what are you willing to do right now? You know, right now for you, right now, it's Sunday morning for me. You may be watching right now. You may turn this on Saturday morning when you woke up hung over from what you did Friday night. I don't know when you'll turn this on, but I do know one thing. It'll be the moment when the Holy Spirit of God had you pull this up for such a time as this because God has something in store for you. And he says, now is your time, not tomorrow. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to call you again. He doesn't have to draw you again. He doesn't have to speak to you again. He says, now is the time. I wonder if there's anybody today. You've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You can change all that. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ and Calvary's cross, you can say, Lord, I am a sinner. You've got to confess some things with your mouth and believe some things in your heart that he is the Son of God, that he died on Calvary's cross for our sins, that we might be saved, that he might give us eternal life. You've got to be willing to pray. You've got to be willing to trust him. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. Lord, I'm asking you to save my soul in the precious name of Jesus. Make me a child of God. I want to go to heaven when I die. See, you can pray that from your heart, not from your lips. You pray that from your heart. You surrender your life to Christ, and all of your sins are washed away. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You are a new creature in Christ. Your name is written down in glory because you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Well, I want to thank all of you so much for joining us on live stream. Looking forward to the day that, that we can all get back together. But, you know, obstacles are a part of life. What the obstacles are aren't important. It's what we do with the obstacle that matters. I shared recently with you where I had read that, that life is 10% of what happens to you, 90% of how we react to it. Our text says that our reactions need to be found unto praise, and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Two resources I want to give you real quick. I believe it will be a help to you. One of them, go to faiththegrange.com, 
click on continue. If you've been using it, keep using it. Pastor Brandon has put four more weeks of devotions out there. It's a daily devotion. Click on continue. It pulls up every day's date. If you haven't used it, faithofgrains.com, continue. It'll take you there. Go to the day. I pray this would be a blessing to you. Also, I've had people ask questions. I know there's some um, laws put into place right now. There are some ordinances, some stay-at-home, some shelter ordinances, shelter-in-place things, and people want to know, what does the Bible have to say about what's going on? What does the Bible have to say about the laws that are currently imposed? Well, the truth is the Word of God does have something to say, and I'm going to address that tomorrow morning with the morning devotions. I've been doing those every morning. I pray they're a blessing to you. If they're not, well, you don't have to watch them, but, but they're a blessing to me to study, and, and I pray that they're a blessing and some help and some hope to you. Um, I want you to be in prayer. Um, if you would, please be in prayer for Scott Keeble and for the children. Miss Luann passed away this morning at 345. I want you to be in prayer. It's very difficult for them. I want you to be in prayer for all those that are going through troubles and situations right now. Be in prayer for those who were affected so drastically by the storms a week ago. And be in prayer for the weather today, that, that God would put a hedge about us and let it pass by. Um, bottom line, we're God's people. We just need to pray. God bless you. I hope you have an amazing day in the Lord. We love you. Can't wait to see all of you again. God bless you.